Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Everybody. Glad you could join us. This is a special night because Solaris and I have a date with Manly P. Hall on uh, these Sunday nights, and it's always a joy to get together with Solaris and, and also to delve into Manly P. Hall's amazing book, uh, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. should be a, a staple for, for most of people's libraries who are into metaphysics at all because he literally covers just about everything, at least at least from his time frame span. Uh, since, of course, he wrote it, it's been oh a little over a hundred years or so, and lots of other stuff has come up. But every every Sunday night, the last Sunday usually of the month, Solaris and I get together and we go into some of his teachings and and other other works of of fascination for the both of us. It's a time where. Um, she and I can sit back and take our shoes off and put our feet up and start uh, postulating on the philosophies of the ancients, which is it's, it's always very exciting. And I always learn something when I talk to her, and it, it always kind of stretches me into new directions. So it's an amazing form of, um, of learning and, and being able to get together with a good friend. So short of that, welcome to the show, Solaris. Well, thank you, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be here with you again, as always, and thank you for the kind words. I always look forward to this. Well, you know, you you have so many radio shows that you do. I I, I was so excited when you when you said that yeah, it would be fun to do, you know, once a month on Nightlight. It just uh, it tickled me because it almost made me feel like I have arrived because Solaris will do a show on Nightlight. So, uh-huh. thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I love to be here. It's you, fun. I love this. This it, is a blast. It, it's um, you, you know, it's 
usually people in our field don't get together and share philosophies. We're, you know, interviewing somebody else or we're, you know, we're, we're off on another, you know, tangent someplace else. We don't really get a chance to talk about the philosophies that are the foundations of the field that we That's exist true. in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, every now and then I've done something where I've, I've been in a group of people that I thought were knowledgeable, only to find out that even though they were practitioners, they didn't know anything about spirituality or antiquity or any of the cool stuff that goes to give this field such a, a rich and solid and amazing foundation. So. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really fun to, to share with you because, you know, you've been through the wars, too. So, um, you know, we can share war stories, sort of. That's um, right. Ancient ones. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, so when we decided to do this, um, we picked Manly P. Hall's The Secret of Teachings of All Ages because both of us, while we've read it, we weren't that familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, maybe you were more than I. I, I mean, I had it in my oh. library. Yeah, I read it. it. I read it a long, long time ago. But yeah, it's it's been sitting collecting dust. Yes. And and I think what it has what has become um, to me obvious that Manly P. Hall, while he was an amazing researcher and an amazing writer, as as with all pe- people in the spiritual field, they spoke from their own frame of reference. And, you know, when when he was writing this book, so much hadn't been discovered or uh, revealed or, you know, moved into, so that that in in many ways he definitely is, it it is antiquity. And Mm -hmm. and, um, so, and, and you go back even further to, you know the the beginnings of philosophy or the beginnings of astrology and and they were all doing it from their frame of reference and and probably were um you know really futuristically focused people but they had no idea as to where that future was going to take them um and mm-hmm. and i think that that's where we are now you know we we're we're looking at the past we're going through what the past held and we're trying to figure out where do we go from here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly, it's like the Hall of Records. Yeah, it's like it a is. And, and since the Hall of Records has not been found yet, um, actually, there were what three halls of records according to Toth. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, one in Egypt, one in South America. Where was the third? I keep thinking the ethers, but I know I'm wrong. But to me, the ethers are the hollow records. I mean, it's what's out there in the in the Kashuk and the Philite seems to be more of the different frequency band and realm. Yeah, I don't think it's actually personally, physically in this dimension. Um, no, I don't. And and you know maybe it's a place that we're supposed to be able to go when we are able to move beyond our physicality spiritually speaking, you know, etherically, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. dimension hop. Mm-hmm. Like a state of consciousness, yeah. That's what I see. I kind of wonder what the, 
what the library card looks like. <laughs> you know, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I look upon, <laughs> yeah, I, I look upon the Hall of Records like a library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, first of all, it's spoken of in, in many different places. And then, and then, of course, you have um, the Freemasons saying that, you know, part of the treasures that, that the Templars found had to do with um, wisdom of some sort. You do, you do kind of wonder if that could really be uncovered if we would look at it and say, oh, crap, they discovered that so long ago. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they, are, if they are protecting wisdoms that are already uncovered. Totally possible. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be disappointing? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Well, it seems like everything is there. It's all all to be revealed in some formula or another. But it seems like we also speak the same language, even though it's a different version of the language itself, initiated back in the old days. So if there's information, it's changed and it's morphed, but it's still the same data code of information, if that makes sense. That's what I see anyway. Nothing's really different. Well, that's true. But But what's happening with society anyhow is that we are so locked into the 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 techie stuff we are no longer going into the internal stuff you know two Mm three hundred years ago there wasn't radio and television so people had the time to sit and look at the stars or to sit and ponder i don't know raindrops running down the window pane or there was a, a, a quietude a sense of being able to get into yourself that just isn't there these days. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they were the I instrument. Mean, I mean, but still, when I look at, yeah, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, when I look to find a pl- place of quiet, um, you know, I, it's I have to go into one of my closets and close the door. I mean, it's it's hard oh, to find. A, pli- a, a place where you really have silence. Um, it, you know, in, in the Masonic um, initiations, they they put the members into a, a room called a, uh, oh gosh, what do they call it? A chamber of reflection. Hmm. And in it is a, a mirror, a candle, a skull, a couple of other things. But, but, it's a it's a place to reflect upon yourself and go into yourself, and you know I think that's something that all of us should have, whether it's you know soundproofed or whatever, and you know just a place where you have dead silence, where you can actually be at peace and and really go into yourself, because today. It's impossible. There's traffic outside. There's airplanes overhead. There's telephones. There's radios. There's computers. There's, I mean, there's so much noise going on. You don't mm-hmm. have the time to get into the silence. True. Yeah, there's a lot of static. And, of course, uh, manufactured synthetic and then versus even even other kinds of, of noise. But, yeah, I, I like float tanks, too. I mean, I like places where you can go in and just kind of relax uh, on a more consciousness level. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think people need to take some time out from this busyness and the strange that's going on. And one thing I'm looking at is all this technology, um, even the meta program that's being run or, or Zuckerberg's trying to create. And if you look at it, it's really just, uh, you know, virtual reality is just an expansion of holographic programming. 
So we are multidimensional yeah. holographic. And, and when you look at the tech, we are the tech. So all they're doing is, is making an exterior formula for an interaction. But literally, we are that technology naturally. So I find it interesting that it's a diversion almost, you know. It's like it can be entertaining. It can be informative. But at the same time, it's a diversion to self and consciousness and spirituality, at least for me. So, yeah, there's, there's, it, it, it's very interesting what they're doing with technology right now. Well, it's, it's, it's like brainwashing, though. That's what scares oh, yeah. me. Right, yeah, especially and, after I've been out. It reeks of psychotronics. I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah. it just on psychotronics. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Pictures and narratives, yeah, definitely. It just it, it, uh, it bothers me. And then when I see my grandchildren with their cell phones, they're, they're, it's almost like, you know, they're looking forward to a time. And, and have you seen the little buds that you put in your ears that you just have to touch your ear and you answer your phone? Sooner oh, or later, no. it's gonna, it, it's gonna be, yeah. Sooner or later, it's gonna be a chip inside your head. Well, you don't even need the chip and because I've been through the synthetic telepathy program. You don't need any of that. It's an interface. So once again, you know, the stuff they're doing is, a, it's kind of like a slow calibration for this technology, but they really don't need any of that stuff. So we are naturally telepathic. You know that. All they do is just create well, a signal interface. Well, yeah, and see that's. That's what gets me. I mean, we are capable of doing all this, but that takes time getting into ourselves and connecting to ourselves in a higher way. And they're bypassing the spiritual part of it and just pushing the technology, which takes you Mm -hmm. away from your connection to spirit. Right. I mean, would you rather just listen to some chatterbox electronic program or do you want to listen to creation source or spirit or consciousness? Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? It's a diversion on a lot of levels. Yeah, it's a little frightening, actually, to be honest with you. Well, I think, you know, there's that, yeah, I agree with you. The potential for weaponization is always there, obviously, with militarization of things. And then I find that there's always a backdoor access. There's always a reason. You know, they always say there's always another reason behind what they're really trying to achieve with this. And, you know, it's probably a little bit more nefarious, if you ask me. So, yeah. Well, you know, every new invention, the very first thing the government does is, step in and say, how can we weaponize it? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's all they want to do. And they use and, it against and, us. <laughs> that's the saddest I, part and of all. They, they do. They test it against us. I mean, even mm-hmm. um, when, when LSD was developed, they actually sprayed it in the subways in New York City to see how it would affect, you know, mass groups. Oh, geez. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it, it, it was. <laughs> I can only imagine what happened to those people. Wow. I, I think I think they actually they actually picked picked trust shower too. So you know they really made sure that oh they goodness. they got it when it was totally crowded. No, but mm-hmm. but they did this with the with with a lot of the uh, prisoners of war. They've done it. You know we've done it. I can't say mm-hmm. that that you know America has been um, angelic in in the ways that we have tested things over time. So, mm-hmm. but, but it is a little scary. However, speaking of of using psychedelics, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the 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 area that we were going to go into tonight, um, and and we'll probably step off off the stage rapidly with this, but were the wonders <laughs> of antiquity, and yeah, and and it was it was really, I you know when when first. I got into it, I thought we were going to be looking into the seven wonders of the world. I mean, we do mm-hmm. eventually. But but right. 
but it, it, the whole thing started out with the the, the lamps that, that burned forever, mm-hmm. and I had never seen this material before. I have to I have to be honest. And mm-hmm. had you run across it before? I haven't, and I thought it was so interesting about the, the how the these uh, lighted lamps were. I guess uh, they put them in the sepulchres of their dead as offerings to the god of death, which I thought was interesting. And it was believed that the deceased could use these lights in finding his way through the valley of the shadow. So I just uh-huh. find it interesting. And, and what's really fascinating to me when I started reading through this is that the oil, it seemed to burn. It just, it just kept burning, which was very yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and the wicks, apparently, they had discovered asbestos thousands of years ago. And the mm-hmm. wicks were, were made out of asbestos, and they 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 found a way. Now, you know this this could answer one of the questions that I've often had about the Egyptians, and, and we we this does go back to the Egyptians among other things. Um, there was no smoke, so mm-hmm. this could have been one of the ways that they lit the insides of the of the tombs and were able to do the paintings, because. Um, you know, they never found any soot or smoke or anything like that in the temples, in in the in the uh, in the in the um, burial um, tombs, and and yet they were in total darkness. So there had to be a way that there had to be light there for them, and these 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 lights that burned forever. I mean, some of them, you know, burned for like 120 years, and some of them for centuries. And well, one of them, yeah, one of them, when they went in and they saw it and they started to step towards the lamp, there was an animatronic um, figure that stood up and smashed the lamp and everything. So they had no way of knowing what what it was that the the lamp was burning. Um, wow! Yeah, that's very you supernatural. Know, we, <laughs> we we think of antiquity as being primitive and that's a big mistake because mm-hmm. they were as as techy as we are but in their own way and I agree. It, it it wasn't just egypt it was in in a lot of different places that the, they had these ever-burning lamps that they put into the tombs and and a lot of times they opened a tomb up and, and at least one of the lamps was still burning and it was you know 1200 years 1500 years i can't can't remember exactly but the, it, it's mostly in egypt that they had them that were where they they burned forever kind of that's amazing in to a me. way can you imagine just being in there and just being in that moment in that energy on the just just breathing in that field of energy there's something very sacred about that well there is and the, the thing that gets me i thought those tombs were airtight just about mm-hmm. and and a flame needs oxygen mm-hmm. i mean it, it it has to have oxygen to burn so you do right. wonder where the oxygen came from because a lot of these tombs are you know are underground most of the ones that had the lamps in them so how mm-hmm. did the oxygen get in they didn't have vents i mean uh uh-uh. uh not the underground ones. That's no. interesting. Because you think they would have vents, even though they, the way they did the embalming, you know, the, the corpse itself wouldn't probably smell or anything. But I would think they would have some kind of ventilation there. 
or something, maybe an well, ionization of the atmosphere. Or... So the um, the uh, embalming process was, I forget how long, a month or something like that. And by the mm-hmm. time the body was wrapped and mummified, there was no moisture left in the body. So that's why the bodies, you know, are so well prepared, are, are so well preserved because um, mm-hmm. all of the moisture was taken out of them. Right. With the exception, yeah, they took the brain out too. They took all, they took everything mm-hmm. out of the body, Organs, and then they, it, yeah, the it, 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 it sat in um, a salt mixture of some sort for. I, gosh, I, I don't know how many weeks, but it was a lot of weeks. And when that process was done, then they wrapped the body so that all of the moisture had been um, taken out of the body. So when it was put into the the, the sarcophagus and, and the the whole, all of the tombs, all of the different boxes they put them in, um, you know, there there was there was no way that that air or moisture or Oxygen could get in. So how did those? Mm-hmm. Land, you know, it just occurred to me that, you know, they were um, these these. There, who was it? Um, there was a tomb that was opened during the papacy of Paul the Third, and they found a burning lamp that had remained alight for sixteen hundred mm-hmm, right. years. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I mean, how does that really happen, yeah, without some kind of a supernatural force involved? There's science, there's alchemy, but there's something else going on. Seems like it. Well, yeah, it has to be the alchemy. I mean, well, alchemy was science, but mm-hmm. um, but to, to keep it burning for 1,600 years, it's a That's very, a I mean, time. how? Amazing. And, and again, again, flame needs oxygen. Mm-hmm. It can't burn without oxygen. Right. But but in some, in some of these tombs they opened up, um, there was uh, th- their smoke did come out of the um, out of the out of the opening, so that you know it was definitely you know it filled it it might have killed spiders and it might have killed all sorts of stuff. But you think of the the tombs that had. Um, that the uh, servants were sealed in, um, you know, alive, mm-hmm. and they they suffocated. So, what the heck? Well, yeah, of course we're going to have to we're going to have to look into this because yeah. the more I think about it, how how could those flames have kept burning? But but it, it's uh, well, it, something it was there keeping them keeping them. <laughs> That's a stretch, but you know what I mean. Caretakers, it, it, it spirits, is, you know. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things that is so incredible that if it were available today, I mean, think about it. You could have a flame burning in your house forever, and you'd never have to pay an electric bill. Right? Yeah. No kidding. We could use that right but, now. Well, they have it available, apparently, right? I don't think so. I don't think they figured out how how they did it. I think they sort of figured it out, but I I don't think they actually have had something to do with sulfur burning. Um, mm-hmm. 
but but you know, sixteen hundred years, five hundred years, they found them in a number of different places. So it's something that that was apparently available to everybody. And um, another one of those secrets that's been lost in time. I think one of the the the, the other thing that I thought was so fascinating was that they went into the um, the the um, the oracles, and mm-hmm. um, I just uh, the more I the more I went into it, the more I kept thinking. Okay, so you know you have psychic readers and you have mediums and you have all of that today, but but none to the degree that you know I, I would I the one that's most of the, that I know more, most about would be the Oracle of Delphi. Mhm. <laughs> I hope that's a dog heavy breathing. It is my dog. I'm sorry, he just walks behind me. He's old and breathes heavy, so my apologies. I'll try to mute him. Permute is. No, Maybe. no, no, no problem. <laughs> Not a party line. <laughs> he was doing fine until I got on the on the live radio. So, of course, yeah, that works. Of course, um, I'm sure you heard the cat but, in the background too, right? Oh yeah, no, I have cats that that, that will probably okay. either either get into a fight or knock something over. So you know, just be braced. Okay. This is an animal friendly okay. show. That's <laughs> So, so the the Oracle of Delphi, um, the things that I have found interesting about all of the oracles, every single one of them that that, that he wrote about, um, had had something to do with hallucinogenics, right? So that so that whether they whether they were taking a ceremonial bath of some sort. That had a hallucinogenic in it, whether they were um, chewing on some leaves of some sort that were hallucinogenic, or sitting over um, uh, a vent that was spewing mm-hmm. out um, smoke that was hallucinogenic. What what do you imagine? I mean, you know, you can take a, any sort of hallucinogenic today, but. But at that time, it was considered holy for somebody to right. go into trance or be drugged and give information. Today, not so much. But right. What I, I found really fasc- what I found really fascinating was they usually just babbled gibberish, and mm-hmm. there were scribes there that took down the, the gibberish and then interpreted the message. So in reality, right. it feels to me like it was the scribes that were the psychics or the the um, fortune tellers or the, you know, so, mm-hmm. so, that, so that these virgins, you know, being treated like goddesses, um, we're on a trip, and and yet, and yet, Delphi, um, Delphi was was in um, business for a very very long time, and mm-hmm. um, is it you know you you begin to wonder is was it 
the suggestion that they were in communication with the gods that, that was giving them information that um, answered the problems of the, of the day? Or, you know, what was it? I, I mean, I've seen people, mm-hmm. you know, on trips that, that can't talk straight. Oh, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's just rambling. Yeah. Well, they're trying to process information. But I think you're right. I think even if it's a hallucinogenic, but it sounds like they were uh, breathing in a toxin to some degree. You talk about this vent that they were over uh, these priestesses. So it seems to me like they were getting poisoned to some extent and then losing consciousness and then rambling on a bunch of data. But you're right in this, insofar as the, the scribes being able to interpret or interpret what, what really needs to be said or, or maybe a message behind the scenes there. But, yeah, it's very interesting how they would use something like that to uh, induce enlightenment, so to speak. I mean, bring something forward on that level. But I don't think it's safe in any formula when looking at the way they were doing their ceremony. No, they had, they had, they, this, there was a story about one of the caves or of some sort, and apparently some man's um, animals ventured too close and and had very erratic behavior, and, and then... Some some people, non-trained, of course, went in and came out um, babbling like idiots as well. And you know, nobody nobody said, you know, well, you know, Simon the the sheep herder came out babbling, and but we don't know what he was prophesizing because nobody could understand him. I mean, it um, it, it really makes one wonder. Was this was this all a, a ploy to get money from donations from kings and emperors and you know captains of industry and and captains of the army and things like that? It's yeah, finally possible. I'm sure there was corruption even back then. Well, they certainly must have known to some degree that what they were dealing with was was a toxin of some kind. So you have to look at it on that level. But I, I think it's interesting. Even back when they used to call it like the falling sickness, you know, when people had epilepsy and they treat it kind of like, uh-huh. I don't know if they, they think people were special, if I'm not mistaken. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was something to be said about that as well. Like they thought they were kind of blessed in some weird way. Um, people who had epileptic seizures back in the day, or a seizure comes to mind, but maybe maybe I'm thinking of something else. But it just seems no, like Native Americans. Looked... Native Americans thought they were very special. They took care of them. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Right. They didn't necessarily think that they were um, messengers of God. They just felt they were very special. Mm-hmm. Right. So they weren't. Well, you know, they weren't. Kicking. But but you know, we we. It 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 feels like you know the the. The, the title of a seer of some sort has come down through time. And mm-hmm. um, while while anybody can take a hallucinogenic and think they're seeing the future, and and I don't know, maybe they are. Um, I I have to say that um, I've really never had any, so I don't know. And you know, I've I've never gotten. Well, I have gotten drunk, but I passed out. So. I never got to that stage where you were seeing funny things or giggling or anything. I'm, I'm a two drink, she passes out, step over her type person. 
Yeah, I'm not. I don't like drugs. And and the thing is, when you're very advanced in consciousness and your spirituality and your psychic ability, you don't need anything. So you're not interested in taking something that's going to accentuate or even distort it. And in my opinion, I think a lot of drugs do distort the true psychic vision. I mean, that really can create a strange lower astral entity controlled experience. From my perspective, I agree. Mm-hmm. But but it just they they did so well. And I mean, they for some of them they had to take a, a bath that that had a hallucinogenic in it, and I just to me because they were babbling, you know, anything. It took the scribes interpreting it, or scribes or priests, who were really mm-hmm. the the you know the ones that were that were tapping into something and and making sense out of the babbling almost as though right. it wasn't it wasn't really the the oracle it was the priest who took the words of the oracle and got a message from that that were the truth yeah if, if you've ever attended i don't know if you've ever done a a seance or anything uh, where there's a medium involved but usually when there's someone in trance trance channel there will be a scribe there to interpret what's going on because sometimes, you know, the personality has to kind of get out of the way and the medium's just running the energy. But sometimes there's a scribe there to take down all the information. So, yeah, I I could see it, as you were saying, uh, in correlation to that, certainly. Well, makes more sense. Somebody has to be rational. Somebody has to be grounded. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, look at Edgar Cayce. He had a a Mm -hmm. secretary that that took down everything he said once he took his nap. And um, who was the other one? Yeah, I, I think that would be cool to be in that realm, so to speak, observing. Well, and and the the other one would be the the lady that channeled Seth. She had a secretary as well that took down everything she said. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I I know of a lot. I I know of a couple of trans channels who, um, literally, you know, are are not there. They don't know what they're saying, and they, you know, someone else has to. They're either talking into a, a, a tape recorder, or or they're talking to someone who is transcribing everything. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a trans channel. I'm just a channel. Um, I'm mm-hmm. too nosy. I want to know what's what's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Well, well I, I think it's I, good to have I a don't... scribe there, but nowadays they have a tape recorder, like you were saying. Okay, go ahead. But but you channel too, so I do. But I'm different. I, I'm like you. I'm a control freak because I've been through covert technology where they've had control. So I, I'm really uh-huh. kind of weird about staying and maintaining focus and control, overseeing my own design while I'm doing what I do. Well, I I, I would never let myself reason, go. <laughs> no, I, I I wouldn't either. Even though there are times where a good nap would be really nice. Um, mm-hmm. It just to me, I want to be able to take responsibility for everything that comes out of my mouth. Right. And if I'm not there, I can't take responsibility. I would hate to have something be said that upset someone or 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 was so wrong it was incredible. I mean, um, right. it's just I, I. But have you noticed that the days of the trans mediums um, aren't as great as they were a hundred years ago. 
They're not as green. Is that what she said? Yeah. <coughs> there are oh, I agree. Around. Yeah, I think they're actually entity-controlled nowadays. I, I, I don't trust many channels these days, or trans channels. I find that there's too much technology, too much uh, trickster stuff going on, where they can be remotely brain-hacked and compromised, even on a technological level. So there's the entities which can take over. And in my opinion, you have to be clear with, with your conscience. You have to be clear with source. And you have to do all the spiritual work. You know that, the clearing the emotional, the mental body, the physical oh, yeah. body, all subtle energy fields. It's not like you just go in and plug in, because if you're polluted, you're going to get a polluted feed. So this is the thing about a lot of these so-called channels of today. In my opinion, I think they're very toxic. And yet they're bringing in all this entity-controlled chatter, which in my opinion has no value. So don't get me started on that. I'm not trying to critique with them, you know, that way. But my point is my observation has told me um, that's what I see. And I think they have to have more responsibility on a higher level. Oh, I agree with you. And it, it's funny. At one time, you know, people have asked me from time to time, how do I, how do I pick a, a, a reader or a psychic or a medium? And basically, I, I always say, read their websites, get check their references, and take a look at them. And if they're a happy person, if they are stable, then that's a good person to go to. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people out there that are not, and you know you 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 get what not not what you pay for, but look at the source and see where the material is coming from, and you want to make sure that that there is a balance coming out of that person's mouth because a channel is a channel; they bring information through, and <clears throat> not only are the channels, you know, um, vocabulary and, and frame of reference used, but it's it's like any pipe or channel. Mm-hmm. Stuff coming through will pick up parts of them. So, mm-hmm. yep, you know, it you're, you're, it it will be filtered by their experience and by their philosophy and by their outlook. Mm-hmm. I really don't really recommend anybody going to them, but you know, people do. There are reader runners all over the place so yeah there's a lot going on Um, a lot of channels a lot of I don't know there's just a lot happening it's almost like overkill right now so you have to kind of keep an eye on it I guess yeah I well you know in in times of stress and times of difficulty you know people do go to people who who read because they they figure that they'll be able to give them a, a leg up on what's coming for the future Mm-hmm. So, well, it's a sounding knows? board, I mean, yeah. you know. It really is a sounding <clears throat> yeah. board, at least with my clients it's been. And I think that sometimes when they're alone and they're scared and they, they have a lot of energy and they don't know uh, who to talk to, and on the spiritual level, it's much more comfortable to talk to beings like us than it is to go to somebody else. So I think that's where that comes from. And, and sometimes they just need to have some confirmation, you know, not a full-on channel, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um... I, I was so impressed by, first of all, 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 all of the drugs that were taken or hallucinogenics and stuff like that. And I thought, how weird. Look at that. You know, they, they took a bath in it. They breathed it. They in, ingested it. And, <clears throat> wow. and then, you know, it, it, it was – and then you look back and – you think uh, Native American Indians have special ceremonies where they eat mm-hmm. mushrooms? Um, I eat peyote, and then, yeah. Yeah, and, and then over time, of course, 
um, you have uh, things like LSD and, and marijuana. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is a big oh, one. Oh, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is, I mean, I, I think anybody is crazy to go through that unless they're going through some sort of a spiritual transformation and they need to have an experience like that. But that is a mm. rough thing to do. I mean. I haven't taken it. Oh I do know people who have. And it's, it's yeah, it's like a neurotoxin, but, but they, they are able to alchemically change. And it seems to me like whatever it is that is communicating with them, which they call, I guess, an aspect of the Gaia, the energy of this world, uh, seems to uh-huh. assist them on their journey. So I don't know. It's very interesting. But I, like I said, some people need that, like you say. Uh, and those of us who are wired differently don't need anything. Well, um, who was it? Um, <clears throat> Josh Gates on uh, at his show. He he went through the whole ceremony and he, you know, gave he he did the whole thing. He did the cleansing. He he refrained from alcohol. He refrained from physical activity. He ate a special diet. And he went mm-hmm. into the jungle, and the guy um, prepared it for him. And um, <clears throat> when, I mean, he went through, um, gosh, he went through uh, throwing everything up. He went over pain. Mm-hmm. He went, I mean, Urgent. it was it was yeah. not it was not <laughs> pretty. And um, mm-hmm. but. He came out of it. Um, you could tell something had happened. That, that there had been a, a connection of some sort. There had been something on a spiritual level that happened to him that that was um, profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think I need profound in my life like that. Um, I think it's a purge, and I kind of wonder. You know, when you talk about that, the way they're just flushing everything out, but it almost sounds like maybe they've carried on or accumulated a lot of multiple lifetime baggage and that somehow some way this is transmuting it alchemically and purging it from their system and rewiring and aligning them. I mean, I'm just speculating, but it does seem like something very profound does happen with that for these people. And it is very ceremonial uh, connected to ancient Egypt too, from what I understand. So even though, even though a lot of this stuff comes from South America, um, Mm -hmm. when you stop to think about it, um, Egypt never had Egypt was never covered with ice, and neither was South America and there had to be a connection between the two civilizations for their mm-hmm. antiquity to be to be sort of similar so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was some sort of um, connection or sharing of that experience um, it just it it when, when I first heard about it and, and read about what the, the process was and, and what you had to do to go through before you even got to the, the ceremony itself, it was so profound um, that, that, you know, there, there are people that seek it out. I, I would bet you money if Alistair Crowley was still alive, he would have wanted to try it. Oh, I'm sure. I wonder he never did, huh? No, nope, he did. He but when he was when he was uh, going through, he was he was searching for his connection to God, and mm-hmm. um, when he was taking the drugs that he was taking the the opium and and um, 
I forget what else, but opium for sure. Was it? Okay. It was it was all legal. You know, he wasn't breaking mm-hmm. the law to take these drugs to to look for his source, and he he actually um, documented every experience in his diaries. You know, he was he was looking for something. He was not mm-hmm. looking to escape reality. He was looking to find divinity. So you know, mm-hmm. was he? Was he strange? Yeah. Was he weird? Absolutely. But he was searching for God, you know, mm-hmm. in a weird way. He pushed the envelope. No doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I... And I, the people I have bastardized to, I, him. Go ahead. Well, they have. And, you know, I, I think unfairly because he truly was mm-hmm. looking for God. Now, um, he he just had the money and was able to do as much as he was doing because he was he was not rich but he he was supported so that you know he could do all of these things i mean he did a number of amazing things i forget what mountain it was but he climbed higher than anybody else had without without um any of the oxygen or anything like that his record was was only broken within the last 30 years that's so, incredible. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, you know, and he he he. Um, well, he was strange. Let's face it, he was strange. But yeah, he, he did some interesting things. <laughs> you know, you have but, to ask them I, when they leave this world. I hope it helps them out. I, I don't know. Um, you know, their ceremonies, etc. I don't think he was evil. I think he was unique. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. Blavatsky. Um, right. <laughs> Very unique. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's people that have had the ability to, to seek God, spirit, whatever you want to call it. But that's what they're looking for, and and you know, in their in their in their process, they have um, interesting philosophies that they've shared with the world. I mean, Blavatsky wrote some huge books that are hard to get through. But, mm-hmm. but her her um, her philosophies are interesting. I, do I buy them? Not really. But mm-hmm. she wrote them, and they're published. And and you know, of course, it's many years after her death. But she's a, she's she's quite popular. <laughs> oh, she is. Yeah, it's food for thought. I mean, bottom line is, I, when I was younger, I would read anything on spirit, you know, consciousness, occultism. You know, she was on the uh-huh. top of the list. Just anything, you know, just get my hands on on books. And it seems like you just uh, go through everything and, and you use what works for you or what resonates at your spiritual consciousness level, at least that does for me. But I, th- I don't think there's any such thing as a really bad book. I think you can take something positive from everything for the most part. I could be wrong. but Well, no, I, I think you know, I look in everything that I read, I look for something I can resonate to. I had a, a friend mm-hmm. who took a look at, you know, all the books that I've read and, was horrified that thought you know i i adhered to everything and i just looked at them and i said you can't think that i believe all of this you know i every now and then there's something that just resonates that just you know a bell goes off and it's like mm-hmm. okay that that makes sense to me but for the most part and the, hel- and the um, highlighter comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least it does for me Oh, absolutely, and and it, it's sort of like, you know, there there is something of value. Every, it's it's like every person you meet has something to teach you, and mm-hmm. and 
and it, it, it doesn't matter if they're bagging your groceries or if they're a philosopher that is famous. I mean, there's always something in every conversation that, that will resonate to you that, that you'll file away and say, I'm going to use that somewhere. Um, that was a good one. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. And like me, you get to interview tons and tons and tons of, of amazing people. Mm-hmm. I, I, tell, I tell people this radio show is my Ph.D. program. I oh, get yeah. a chance to pick the people who have written books that fascinate me, and I get them on the show, and they tutor me for two hours, and I would never be able to <laughs> afford to pay them for two hours of tutoring. <laughs> yep. But I get the benefit. <clears throat> yeah, I read the it's book. Awesome. I have, I have. I mean, it is. It's the best job in the it's, world. It's a, it's a digital think tank. Yeah, it's great. It is, and and when you stop and think about it today, especially, um, you know, th- there are no book signings or things like that going on. So that the only mm-hmm. place authors have to to put their their work out there is on podcasts. So, you know. Um, yep. I'm grateful to the pandemic. <laughs> I am too. Although, I'm grateful for you too. I mean, you're out there also opening up the door for that. So that's that's a wonderful thing to do. Keeping that communication, yeah. that education going. Good thing. Well, you do the same thing. Come on, and you do it. Yep. You know, on K- KCOR and I'm Freedom happy. Flips and yeah. I love talking and to people. I love education. I'm really big on on learning too. So. It's, for me, it's just wonderful to communicate with like-minded beings. Or sometimes we're different, but it's so nice to just share information, you know, share a different field of information. Really nice. Yeah, I've 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 done some books on topics that I never thought I would have. Um, <clears throat> I remember um, when first I I got um, Mark Stavish. I had his book, and it was called Egregore. <laughs> I, I had no idea what it was about, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he was kind enough to educate me. But I had never heard of an egregore. Have you heard of them? I mean, you know, it's it's just a term that I never had um, had heard. Mm-hmm. No, but you read that book, right? Oh yeah, yeah. After I read the book, I kind of knew what I was talking about. And then, you know, he explained it, and it was like, holy mackerel. Diet Coke is an egregore. I put so much enthusiasm into it, and I am so focused on it. When I run out of it, I give the Diet Coke power over me to a certain extent. Oh, you're talking about an entity. Okay, never mind. That's what you're talking about. Like a, um, I want to say tulpa, but I'm not right. Thought form, manifestation? An, An egregore is an energy. That that the more input you put into it, and religion is an egregore. Yeah, like a tulpa. So, That's the same thing. Yeah, where and you, and what happens man. is after enough is put into it, it 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 actually can break free and become an entity unto itself, and not not utilize the worship of the others, you know, of, of the masses. Um, long time ago. Um, was it Star, Star Trek? Star Trek did a a show 
on a planet where all of the um, Greek gods had, had gone to because people had stopped believing them in them. Mm-hmm. And as as their as their as people lost faith in them, they began to fade from view and disappear. Right. And, and and so that they were into creating fear so people would worship them so that they would be able to stay alive. That makes sense. And, and, wow, I think I remember that episode. It, was that with Apollo or no? Yeah, I think so. It was a good episode. Yeah, no, it, it, it was really, really good. <laughs> and and it, it, it exactly explains what egregores are, you know? Yeah. You, you put that enough makes sense. Yeah, it's like a tulpa, it. yeah. You manifest the, yeah. the, the form. But the thing is, uh, if it's just one of those things that's a manifestation of consciousness, and eventually it will dissipate, I would think anyway. Who knows? You have to only if you stop believing in it. Well, if the you people still have to change their belief it. systems. We're in, we're in for a big ride then because it's <laughs> <laughs> all the belief systems, right? Well, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that we are in for a heck of a ride. And um, mm-hmm. you know the, some of the some of the entities or organizations that are out there that we have allowed to become controlling uh, of us um, are, are 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 wanting to take greater control of humanity than humanity wants to give it, and mm-hmm. and you know it's sort of like we're at a place where we've not paid attention to what we've done, and. Now it's how do we how do we pull our attention back and away from so that we can destroy or um, you know sort of diffuse the power that these entities that we've created have on us. Right. So that's a very good question. Well, I think yeah, the consciousness controls the perimeter. So depending on what their belief systems are, as we were talking about, is what's going to define our our atmospheric conditions. But yeah, how do you how do you get rid of all that? I would say through frequency higher states of consciousness and disengaging and deprogramming. I, that's probably part of it. But when you look at, um, apparently HARP is so powerful now that it has control so that depending on the frequency it puts out, it can control humanity. I think there's something worse than HARP out there. There's a lot of other devices oh. they have um, that are much more powerful than that. But, yeah. The idea behind that is it's controlling the mass collective and their brainwave activity. And once they have control over the brainwaves and are redirecting uh-huh. their state of consciousness, yeah, they can create all kinds of, of things connected to what you were talking about with the egregores. So, yeah. Well, they can, yeah, they can create mass hallucinations. I mean. Sure. Yeah, that's Project Who Beam on steroids, yeah. Who was it? It was some scientist who said that um, the next thing we had to watch out for was um, – Holographic, holographic um, attack from outer space. In other words, you know, we create the red flag with holographs oh, and yeah, yet... UFO invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, project yeah. blue beam. Well, it's not that one, but yeah, something like that. It was somebody. They're really trying to do now. that. Yeah, I know oh, who you're talking yeah. about Carol Rosen or the other guy, the boss. The, I, I think the boss. I. I the the more I the more I look into it, the more I think I, I I don't think that invasion from space will happen, but but I think we can be made to believe that it is. 
Right, PSYOP. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's what they have up their sleeves to some degree, depending on how complacent people are. But we will know. Beings like us will know in a heartbeat. It's just the other people that won't know. Yeah, and those are, and there's so many of them that, that mm-hmm. you know, not, not that we're you because, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people like us out there. It's just that, you know, we're not in a group. We, if you put us all together on an island, we'd probably figure out a way to create a barrier so we weren't influenced by the rest of the world. Um, we'd probably be off planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but but no, it it's um, it it does appear that humanity as a whole is is in for an incredible ride, and um, and yet we're catching stuff. Where sometimes it takes five or six years for us to to catch on to what is actually going on, but but it's still happening, and and it's kind of like. Somebody said to me, how can you be so calm? And, you know, I said, you know something? Whatever is going on has gone on before. This is a repeat performance of, of something that may have happened thousands of years ago or whatever, but um, <clears throat> humanity has gone through this kind of a cycle before, and humanity will survive it. And it may go back to the Stone Age and start again. It may go back to single cells, but humanity will survive um our our whole culture may not (laughs) yeah i think it's going to go into singularity myself yeah it could be i i think there's a reason that people like you and like me and 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 a lot of others are here on the planet at this point in time because Mm -hmm. it, it to me is saying there is massive change coming and there there's a need a need for anchors and uh, a long time ago I talked about light body energy and and everybody picked up the term and they started using it and it, it's not it, it, the light body energy they're talking about is not the light body energy that I was talking about and mm-hmm. I, I basically yeah. it, 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 to me the light body energy that I was talking about happened at creation and at some point before all of the souls were released and scattered throughout the universe to take on the journeys that they had to be on there was there was and and i'm i'm you know really making it sound um common but but there was a call for volunteers and there was a whole bunch of spirits that were hanging around the water cooler not paying attention and when there was dead silence, suddenly we looked up and, and those light body energies, were the, those were the ones that volunteered to bring light body energy into the incarnation. So mm-hmm. they provide the anchors to stabilize humanity as the change is going on. Now, they have a spiritual, you know, most people have a spirit in them and they have a mission for this lifetime and, and they have to carry out that mission. Those who have light body energy that they brought in with them, because normally the light body energy is on the other side as a gatekeeper, so to speak, so that so that on passing your light body energy and your physical energy, your spirit meet together and become one. That's that's where the the symbol for the for prayers for the two the hands coming together. It's mm-hmm. it's becoming whole once again in spirit. 
but those who have light body energy have that in them as well this lifetime and not only are they focused on whatever the mission of that the spirit is for for this evolution but they have the mission of the light body energy to create an anchor um within within humanity to help to stabilize the shift that is about to take place mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. that made sense, sense to me and and you know, then suddenly everybody was talking about light bodies, and I thought, oh, that's not what I meant. But um, Well, it has a lot to do with where you've been trained, what you know, your own spirit, you know that. And then I have noticed, uh-huh. I'm talking about recently, like the past 15, 20 years, I've noticed that the whole New Age community is in a different, complete, different arena connected to light body and ascension. So I can't say, I mean, it's unfortunate because people do hijack the words, and they kind of re- reinvent it. Um, but, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it is what it is, <laughs> but I like your um, I like your information, and it is interesting about that. You say the, the anchoring aspect of it. I see it like a tether between worlds, so very very interesting. Yeah. Anchor, bridge, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that. And and it 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 makes sense to me. It makes sense that mm-hmm. you know there has to be common sense and peace in the chaos that is coming. And Agreed. that's what light body that's what my light body energy people are. And you know, there there are, I I mean and the number I came up with was hundred forty four thousand and I don't know if mm-hmm. that's accurate or not, but it, it feels right. It and is. it feels No, I, I got that number before too, but that comes from other things. But yes, I think that's very right on. So that it's so right. that and somebody somebody said well, there aren't a lot of light-bodied energies around me. And I said, well, they're not supposed to be. I mean, if mm-hmm. all the light-body energy people were together, they'd leave the planet. So That's the whole so, idea. <laughs> Come on. <yeah. laughs> we're waiting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But the thought you is. You know who I am. I'm, I'm driving the ship, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. But, but the thought is that that you put a spark of light in the darkness to provide a night light for people to find the way. And it's not that Mm -hmm. you're leading the way, you're providing light for them to find their own way. And that's where the big difference is, you know. Not here to teach you or save you, here to show you what light is so you find it for yourself and get on with your trip. Right, doesn't that sound like those little lights they leave in the temples then? Yeah, it does. Like we were I mean, discussing that, it originally, yeah. That's that's why the name of the show is Nightlight. It's you know, it's, I love Nightlight. I love that. Yeah, it's great. I, you know, and, and people when I named the show Nightlight, they said that's a stupid name, and I, it's it's a it's you appropriate. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the first thing I I loved it. I thought it was fabulous. Well, let's see. The show started in two thousand and nine, so. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, congratulations. And, and it's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you know, it's it's kind of like I think that I think that there are a lot of things going on in the world today and I do think that a lot of people are struggling and looking for how to how to find stability within their own life because during these times that's all you can hope for find stability, and, you know, radiate peace. And 
everything will, honest to God, be okay. Is it going to be a rough time? Absolutely. Are you are you, <laughs> you going to run out of toilet paper? Maybe. But um, that's why everybody should have a bidet. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's definitely. <laughs> I mean, and and I think I I think that's that's one of the things. While this is while this is definitely a time of transition, people need to have a sense of humor as well. Oh, because of you know, la- laughter is probably one of the, the the greatest tools to the confusion that you can have. And and if you utilize you know your sense of humor, if you if you you know have your feet firmly planted. And, and you just are watching something, you know, the, the whole philosophy, reality, the whole thing, you can't, you can't, you know, I, I've said in, in a number of places that, that humanity is going through a birthing process. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a transformational process, it's ascension, it's, 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 it's a ton of stuff. But, but you know, you, you, birthing hurts. It's difficult and it, it it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, some fortunate people have babies in five minutes, you know, though I was not one of those. And, you know, it's just when you're looking at something as huge as the earth and, and as big as humanity is, this is a process that is going to take decades, maybe millennia. It's not going to mm-hmm. be over tomorrow. So, so you know... Work your way through the difficulties that are there. Are we going to be locked down again? Maybe. Make the best of it. It's a time to write a book. Um, I don't think we're going to tolerate another lockdown. I don't think that's going to happen. I know they're going to try. I I think that people have had enough, though. I don't think that's going to work. Well, I think they may try. Yeah. No, they may try. But but have you noticed that, that authors, since the lockdown, are no longer writing two and three hundred page books. They're writing six hundred page books. I haven't noticed that because I'm not one of those. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Yep, got a whole I've been series going on there, right? Kind of, kind of like, or they're writing. They're writing instead of one book a year, two or three. So, so mm-hmm. it's, it's been, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen more three and six hundred page books than in the last six months than I've seen in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So we're busy. It's, uh, I mean, they are trying to make the best of it. At least a lot of people are. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, I think people are finding communities where they didn't know they were. I think that, you know, yes, there's been a lot of death and that's horrible. But at the same time, People have learned to lean on their neighbors more than they ever did before. Um, mm-hmm. There is a sense of camaraderie that is going on around here that that wasn't there before. People were more insulated in their own personal life and they didn't care about other people. And now they, they're beginning to really have more of a group feel to them. So there's a lot going on that's really quite quite promising. Well, that's good. I wonder if that's just your state, because I don't see it in every state, but apparently, are you noticing that just locally or throughout the U.S.? Well, I, you know, I am kind of a hermit, so, 
you know, I, 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 I notice it just around me. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a mist um, over here, but that's okay. <laughs> I there's think suspicion, that, you know, there's weird, there's paranoia, there's fear. I, there's a lot of fear in the ether right now. A lot of people are afraid. Oh, but you're right, there's some people coming together, too, at the same time. Once they get over that kind of a, a fear program, they can kind of transmute and go to another level. Well, you know, normally It's I all write, trans, transitional. Go ahead. Yeah, well, normally I write predictions for each year, and I did. Mm-hmm. I wrote them for this year, and they were pretty accurate. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm reluctant to actually write them for next year because um, oh. I, I am seeing... Yeah. You know, riots, and I am seeing um, groups of people, you know, with firearms. Um, it feels like there is going to be a struggle of some sort, and I don't know with whom or what or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it does feel as though we are coming to a time when when there is going to be upheaval. Better way to put it, upheaval. Mm-hmm. And 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 I do I do think that this country at some point is going to be reorganized, um, and the government is going to have to change. Yeah, they're going because to have to change. I, I find them to go. They're going to have to go bye bye at some point. I think that's global though, not just here. I think the corporate arena has to go. The, the corporate government just seems like it's going to have to go. It's non-productive. When it gets to that point where everything is regurgitated and it's becoming toxic and non-productive, it has uh-huh. to change. And, and it seems like there's too many levels of corruption everywhere. So something's got to change with that. In order for everybody well, yeah. to evolve and make a jump, it's got to go. I know when when we were looking at portions of our government to find the truth for things, and then found that the corruption was in those parts of the government we were looking to for, uh, for, for, you know, to right the wrongs, and realized mm-hmm. that they were corrupt as well. It's kind of like how how far does the corruption go? And when you get to the point where it's at the grassroots, it's like okay, then you know the the founders of this country in, in the um, constitution. Constitution, I think, they wrote that, you know, if this doesn't work, abolish it and write something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's the bottom and, of the know, when it comes down to corruption right now. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> this is not what our founding fathers wanted. I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure they didn't want this. But freedom is a big deal, freedom of everything, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, well, freedom of consciousness, freedom of everything, you know. Creating a republic was not an easy thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a democracy. It's a republic. And, yeah, they um, keep calling it a democracy, yeah. And it, it's, to me, I can see them having to shift around and, and reorder um, the states. I, I, I keep seeing the boundaries of the states changing and yep. possibly, yep. you know, m- merging some and <clears throat> merging a lot. And you know, I agree. To, to you know, it, it and and I keep seeing the boundaries changing and shifting and changing and shifting, and the kind of government we have right now doesn't allow for that. Um, but mm-hmm. but you know, the states are independent entities and they can make choices and do things, and it's it's going to be 
I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot of shifting around of stuff. It's going to be very fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've looked at a split in the U.S. too. Yeah, because there's just it's oil and water. It's not working right now. Something's got to change. Definitely. Well, you know, we had the we had the North and South going at it at one mm-hmm. point, and and I think that we will have, you know, states that are gathered together because they have a common focus, whether it's whether it's agriculture, whether it's industry, or whatever. And um, you know, I, I've thought for a long time that the, the different the party system was going to have to go, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not sure how it's going to go. Um, and and it's you know you kind of you see these things and you you really want to see immediate gratification for it, but this is something that's going to go, gosh, for for decades I think before it actually all. Um, implodes and then reconstructs itself. Mhm. Yeah, I don't think Something it's going to last around. long. I, I I see it coming coming down pretty quick like in the next few years. But that's me. I don't think we're going to be able to hold the the fort here. This is going to have to implode sooner than like 6 or 7 years from now. I I don't see that. I don't see this country surviving it if we don't get it in order. That's just me. Well, we're well, you know, we're we're we're, we're really you know, not the land of the free and the home of the brave anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no, this is terrible. I, I agree with you, and I don't and, play that and, card uh, well. I'm, I'm a free spirit, so. I mean, my I have ancestors that fought in the Revolutionary War, and so you know, I I, I am not going to pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pick up arms, but I will use words as a weapon for sure, mm-hmm. and you know. It's- did you come over on the Mayflower? Did I ask you that? Um, no, no, actually, I think my family was here to greet them when they got here. Oh, is that right? Well, we showed up on the Mayflower and a couple other ones. So I have ancestors that came over early. But, yeah. I, I, I have, I have um, Mayflower ancestors by marriage, but not by blood. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Um, we probably know each other somewhere. I always say it's funny oh, because if I met a lot of people whose ancestors were coming over on the Mayflower, so we're all kind of relatives now. When I meet them, I'm like, oh, we were on the same boat. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my great aunt had the rocking chair and the sea chest that um, the captain of the Mayflower had. And when you oh, when nice. we went to visit her house, she, she had those damn little... Um, Brass stanchions around a lot of her furniture with with the velvet ropes on them, mm-hmm. and um, you know, don't touch, don't go near that type stuff. Oh wow! And and when she she it was Aunt Anna, and Aunt Anna was married to Uncle Sam, and Uncle Sam was a lot older than Aunt Anna, and so <clears throat> Anna, in her will, of course, left a ton of the stuff in the house mm. to uh, a museum. But Anna cooked oh, nice. before Sam did, and um, the day after she died, literally, <laughs> the museum was at the door and took half the furniture in the house out. <laughs> wow. That's something. And poor Uncle Sam, one of the things was the bed he was sleeping in, so they mm-hmm. had a whole list, and they they were there. They wanted to make sure that they got they got the stuff she had left them. 
Oh my yeah, goodness, it was really funny. Well, as long as it goes to a museum, I think that's nice. Yeah, no, it was nice of her, but I think she should have made a provision, that, you know, to wait till Sam croaked if, if she yeah, went Yeah, that would have been him. appropriate. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes they have private investors, though, you know, the museums take all this stuff and then they sell it to private investors. I hope that didn't happen. No, I don't think so. It's in Massachusetts, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure okay. it's in a museum somewhere. But, but you know, I want to get back to the spiritual stuff because mm-hmm. – I think that that we're seeing a lot of people investigating and looking into and you know wondering how do you, how do they get involved in it and and talking about all of these prophets and, and their prophets um I think let it gives people the impression that only certain people can do prophecy and the reality is all of us can do prophecy and mm-hmm. and part of it part of it is even just keeping a dream journal um so that so that you can sort of and and dreams are in my opinion dreams are are always symbolic and if you can learn to interpret the symbols in your dreams you can set yourself up for being a prophet for your own life and and you know your environment oh, I totally agree yeah and, i think it's just training um, yeah and focus, and mm-hmm. and and learning and reading books and things like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the the element of being spiritual and, and reaching to that portal of of tapping into and connecting to the higher spirit is is something that is it's doable for everyone. You don't need to have a certain level of education. You don't need. It doesn't require schooling. It requires a desire to learn more and stretch yourself. And if mm-hmm. that is your focus, then you'll find that portal a lot faster than somebody else who has said, well, I'm going to find that and be a psychic and make money. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you know, frankly, being a psychic is is only a step on the rung of the ladder. It's not the top. So that so that you know those people who, who stop on the on the psychic level, um, in in many ways, um, limit their own capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do I don't do readings anymore. I, I no wait I I do. Um, the night before New Year's Eve, Jeannie and I do free readings on the air, and I do it once a year. Um, mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of readings. And I, you know, do I still do some privately? Sure. But they're clients that I've had for a gazillion years, and I just can't turn them down. But, but, but there's, there's a sense of, of you get to a place and you think, this is so cool, and then you forget that there's more to come. There's more to go to. There's, there's a, a further place you can reach to. And there's more light that you can bring into your life. And the more you learn, the more you grow, the, the lighter your environment becomes. And it's it's a very exciting journey. And, um, you know, I, I, I highly recommend it. I'm having a lot of fun. You know, I, I said to somebody once, they said, oh, you should be in this field professionally. And it was, I said, basically, well, when I get to where I should be, you know, I'll turn around if anybody wants to talk to me. I'll talk to them. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. It's your journey that's the teaching tool, not arriving. 
because once you arrive, you have to find another mountain to climb. So mm-hmm. I'm still yeah, climbing. Well, I'm navigating. Yeah. I don't know if I'm climbing. I'm <laughs> navigating. <laughs> okay, well, you're in the ether then. <laughs> I am. I think I'm in a different space time most of the time. It's fun, though. I stay here, too. Well, you know, dimensionally speaking, um, you know, there are people that say, you know, how many dimensions there are and things like that. And, you mm-hmm. know, I just figure there's always a new dimension to challenge you. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think there's, Unlimited. I don't think there's any end. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, there's always an expert that wants to tell you about what the limits are of your capacity. And the reality is there are no limits. And as soon as you, as soon as you, you know, you, you, you mesh with that, um, what do you think about, about the space program? Because um, I've been fascinated with the fact, well, <laughs> I, Trump created the space program, and I, I thought when he did at the time, that in his second term he would he would then merge it with the space program that was already out there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the black what space I thought. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought the whole thing was. I thought that once he was briefed, right. once he knew there was a space program out there, he had to create a link within reality to attach the the one that was already in existence, so we could stop spending all of our money on these tin cans we're throwing into space. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. Yeah, to oversee um, the whole thing. And then I think that was the whole idea behind Space Force. But the problem is, and I said this when he left, I was like, well, who's going to inherit that? And unfortunately, I, it's, it's, it's a strange scenario right now when it comes down to the people who are now overseeing what's going on in Space Force. And you have to look at it insofar as the weaponization aspects and, and what exactly they're going to be releasing connected to the black space program and exotic technologies, which, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to be releasing a whole lot. I think they're using it for surveillance. I think they're using it for remote um, you know, some, some more nefarious type stuff, in my opinion. I think they have the capabilities to do some really bad stuff. So let's hope they don't do that. But yeah, I, I'm not really impressed with what's going on right now. As a matter of fact, I'm very concerned about our Space Force because we've got um, – we don't have good leaders right now. So they don't. Well, I, I, would, I would think that the current administration probably hasn't even been briefed on what's out there. No, but I, I know that Harris is very, very interested in covert warfare. She's obsessed with it. So we're looking at somebody who's sniffing around Space Force and sniffing around the space program to get information connected to psychotronics, remote brain hacking, the type of technology I'm familiar with, and plus the, the types of surveillance that is literally about encapsulating everything with an artificial intelligence program. So I'm keeping an eye on her because I think she's, um, you know, these are people that want to do things nefariously in my opinion i'm not trying to judge but i'm assessing and i don't get a good Uh vibe about what she's after she's power hungry and she's looking at the exotic tech she's really really fascinated with um the black science and exotic technologies and you have to remember that all that technology is stolen and reverse engineered tech a lot of it wasn't even ours Um, even the extraterrestrial design work a lot of it has been um it's stuff they've kind of inherited but it's not their legacy to have they've been using Uh it so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a good vibe about that. I used to be very supportive of space force, but I'm very concerned about it right now. I don't like the weaponization of space over my head, and I certainly don't like the illegal um, surveilling that they've been doing. That's no good. So. Well, the the 
the number of, of satellites that are out there that surround the planet is 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 mind boggling. Oh, I know. I mean, we, yeah. I am I, I I am so surprised that we don't see, you know, collisions every night in the sky. <laughs> What's really interesting is that I think they just put up a new killer satellite. I think China just launched something that's connected to like a killer satellite that will take out everything else. So I know we have those anyways. I, I'm sure we have some in Russia does too. But my point is that I think it's going to get kind of weird up there and people should keep an eye out for what they try to create. But yeah, I mean, it's space junk, the, quite honestly. Do you think the next battlefield is not on the planet, but is in space? Oh, I think it's right above our heads. Absolutely. And in the water. So the water's weaponized, the oceans are weaponized. And and above us, yeah, absolutely. But it's not extraterrestrial that they're fighting. They're fighting, in my opinion, I think they're conflicting with themselves in different countries and, and also trying to stake their territories and create their own perimeter for their own defense system. But the problem is um, they're not going to be very kind to incoming, in my opinion, in any type of incoming craft. So we have to look at that, too. Well, I know not, that, that you know, you know. there's more than, I mean, we have the black, the space space fleet out there, but there are several mm-hmm. space fleets out there. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just there's one. There's all kinds of stuff. Well, and there's also but different the, configurations of space-time, too, that people don't factor in, and I keep trying to mention that, because if they're in the wrong space-time configuration, they're not going to see what they're looking for. And then even with the most advanced telescopes and, and, and certain, you know, perimeters that they have, they're not going to see what we can see if they're not in the true configuration. And that has a lot to do with the way, um, as Tesla would say, the, the, the modulation of waves and frequencies and how those work. Because if you dial in differently, you're not going to see what you're supposed to see. That has a lot to do with different types of fleets, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot out there, but they're also very paranoid. They want to dominate this world. They want to dominate space. They don't want to be real allies with anything, as far as I can tell. And look how they're treating everybody here. They want to keep everybody in a prison planet. They don't want your consciousness expanding. And that's against universal law. I mean, we, we're here to we're designed to evolve and ascend. So there's going to be some problems with that. I wish they had more ethics. I don't think, think they do. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I, mean, I think that that, you know. that that I think that they are uh, a complete. Wh- whoever are the are the puppet masters. I think what what gets me is that. You know, our government thinks that they are at the top of the feeding change, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, exactly. Big Pharma and all of the other guys, and they think they're at the top of the food chain, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And then there's, no. you know, I think I think the hierarchy is, I, I don't know how many more levels there are. There are probably a gazillion of them. But, but when it comes to the consciousness of the people on this planet, there are whole bunches of them that think that, they're they're the big guns and they're not they're just being manipulated mm-hmm. like crazy and oh, you know, know. Yeah. we're and you know we're just cannon fodder really mm-hmm. um, well the way they treat us right is disrespectful yeah and i've always said since we're descendants of the visitors whether people acknowledge it or not that's okay but we are descendants of the visitors our, our cosmic intelligence our cosmic design and and the fact that they treat us the same way they would treat an extraterrestrial is really about uh, a national threat or a threat to national security. It's that same thing where they want to look down on everybody and think that they're the 1%. They're the ones that have it all under control. They're going to dominate the world. They're going to create the agenda. And it looks like they're extremely powerful, but they're very corrupt. But you're right. These people are nothing to the off-world intelligence or the off-world species. And there are other levels of consciousness in different space-time that these people aren't even accessing. So to me, it's kind of like they have no authority here to do what they're doing, in my opinion. 
And what they're doing right now is detrimental to everybody here as a life form and even the animal kingdom. So I'm looking at a very different scale of consciousness and like, this has got to change yesterday. And it will. But this is what bothers me. This, this whole exploration thing of this, this, they're obsessed with space right now. And I'm sure you've noticed that. I mean, just obsessed oh, yeah. with taking territory, space monopoly, you know, mining the moon, mining. Now they want to divert asteroids and create all these, uh, you know, games. It's, everything's a game to these people. You know, they, they rule people's life with a joystick pretty much. You know, we don't even need soldiers anymore because they can remotely control everything. So what's the point in having, you know, uh, boots on the ground? We don't even need those anymore. Well, we, Everything's going to be AI. <clears throat> when, you, when you stop and think about it, though, they're, they're talking about Mars and setting up a colony on Mars. Well, we've had a colony on Mars. I yeah, mean, good luck with that. <laughs> I know. I mean, <clears throat> and, and I'm they sure have it's occupied. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm sure it is, it's too, and I'm sure it's underground. Agreed. <clears throat> and, and we talked about machine worlds and, and different types of uh, artificial intelligence. It's not the version of man's here, but something a lot more advanced. I don't discount that at all, but also, and, and I mentioned once again, it's the space-time we're looking at, because if you're looking at a different space-time configuration, you look at Mars, you're going to see a very different image. But if you change the configuration, uh-huh. you're going to see something else, like an occupied place. And my point is that they're not looking in the right space-time. And I've tried to point this out to these imbeciles that think they're wonderful PhDs in their space programs yeah. and science, and they're very arrogant and obviously wouldn't listen to me. But my point is that I know I'm right. I swear to you, I know I'm right. So it is what it is, and I think they're going to figure it out at some point, but I find them to be a little pushy, a little too pushy. And also the fact that they want to harm anybody here in this world or control or dumb them down, uh, that's, that's not acceptable behavior in any universe. So something's got to change. That's just well, me. I agree. And, and same with the moon. I mean, they're yeah. obviously, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I go over the pictures and everything and, and the reports, I'm not so sure we actually were on the moon. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, we have other know, ways to go, I bet. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I am sure mm-hmm. that there has been, um, you know, but the, I'm sure there are stargates. I'm sure there are, are, are. Um, <clears throat> ways of, of projecting. But, you know, it's, it's always seemed stupid to me that, that we think that we can go in these tin cans and get anywhere, and we can't. I know. And, it's, you know, I, I, it, it, it is a joke. And I think the one thing that has always bothered me, maybe you can explain it, why in all the pictures that we've seen are there no stars in the sky? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mention that a lot. I'm not, not sure, to be honest with you. I mean, I've heard different stories from different astronauts trying to explain it, but I find that the whole scenery, and of course I was little when that whole scene, scene took place and the initial, you know, journey to the moon. But I'll say one yeah. thing, it does seem like it was orchestrated and it was um, created in a, or on a set, and then part of it might have been used in a more cloaked um, design work to get them to their destination. But I, I can't even confirm anything anymore. My, you know, my gnosis tells me that we have advanced technologies, there's an off-world intelligence, but everything they've said has been such a lie for so long that you just have to take a step out of it and look at it from a different perspective. You know? I mean, I would believe I would believe that there are bases on the dark side of the moon. I would believe well, that. There's technology here. There's a and, control panel. I mean, if you remote viewed it, and you have remote viewed it, right? So you kind of know. Oh yeah. What you've seen. Yeah. So I, I know there's a control panel there. I know there's tech there, but I also know it's not the tech that's our tech. 
And there's also another thing. Now, maybe you've honed in on this, but I know that they've done a demolition. Okay? So it seems to me like the reason they were trying to go and crash things into the moon, in my opinion, was to do a demolition to get rid of ancient um, technologies or anything there that could have been a, uh, something that would give away extraterrestrial intelligence or something else foreign and not theirs. So that's just my own impression, but I do think they sanitize and do demolition. They take what they want, and then they, de- they do a demolition on, on anything to sanitize the, the visual. So well, I don't Mary trust Joyce, anything that's coming out of these clubs. <clears throat> oh, Mar- Mary Joyce uh, on her website, um, Skyships Over Cashiers, said that there were plans to nuke the moon. And um, they, well, they they wow. obviously there were places there that they wanted to destroy, and yeah, uh, I believe it. and because because you know you can and and one of the fascinating things that came up when when I was talking to her a few weeks ago, she's done a lot of um, of remote viewing on the you know with with Google Earth. There's a Google Moon. And there's mm-hmm. a Google Mars. And when she has discovered stuff and, and reported it and then gone back, it's been blurred. So the government is mm-hmm. actually controlling. Um, she has, there's, a, there's a lady who had a stroke, and um, she has difficulty with lots of stuff, but she's got lots of time on her hands. And she's been doing um, a scanning of Antarctica, Mm-hmm. And has found the remains of civilization there. The the melt mm-hmm. the ice is melting and and I saw some of the pictures and it's definitely the outlines of buildings and all sorts of stuff. And mm-hmm. when I went to view it, it all had been blurred up. And Mary just... happily has has pictures of it. But mm-hmm. um so there's a lot going on in Antarctica. There's so much going on in this world that we are yep. that's being hidden from us. And and exactly. why? There's no I mean, come on. Control. I mean Power. discovering discovering an ancient civilization in Antarctica would take everybody's mind off so much stuff that they'd mm-hmm. be able to slip so much stuff past us because we'd be fascinated with that. But no 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 right. you know, we gotta keep it quiet. But but when when um, the Rendlesham Forest thing happened, um, uh, the end of World War II, um, it it was it was fascinating. The the soldier that touched it got a download of binary code, and when it was interpreted, it turns out that it was a message from 800 years in our future. Mm-hmm. Who interpreted so, which, um, it? Let's see what ha- I'm not. Uh, somebody somebody actually identified the notes and said, "Look, okay. that's binary code." And they sent it to someone mm-hmm. who could um, translate it. And and among other things, it had the uh, latitude and longitude of a lot of the sacred sites in in this country in, in the world. Um, mm-hmm. It it had something to something about you know the, uh, the investigation of of you know humanity, and mm-hmm. it it. it Turned out it was eight hundred. The date sent was eight hundred years in our future. So, hmm. and and the the um, the the uh, what would I call it? The drone. It was a big drone. It was a drone from the future. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it was. You know, he he described it. Uh, Penderson. Yeah. Can't remember his oh, last yeah. name. Oh yeah. I know who you're talking he, about. He. Um, 
Yeah, he. I had him on the show, and you know, he said it was just <clears throat> the most amazing thing. And and he had that notebook with the binary code in it for decades before somebody took a look at it and said, "That's binary code." <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. That's interesting. And you know, you're right about the drone thing too, because that's that's something they would send over machines versus something else. So that's yeah. that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Machines are a lot more, um, I don't know, it's just a lot easier to send something like that versus something something else. Same thing with well, us. A lot I mean, more we durable. should be in space with, with, extra, I mean, with machines, in my opinion, not with people, not with astronauts, not with physical astronauts. It's a lot, they're more of a liability. I and mean, if you use artificial intelligence, it's a lot easier. I don't understand their problem, but. Well, I think they don't want the machines to turn on us and decide that, that they don't need us anymore. <laughs> well, it's, it depends well, on the programmer, though. But they they do have sentient machines. I mean, symbiotic intelligence off planet. So, but those are advanced, and they're not part of this global government or their military. So they don't have access to them. They're never going to be able to get access to those. I know that. I know it sounds like fantasy, but it's really not. I'm telling you, that's that's something that I think they're very worried about. I think they're trying to build their AI to compete with what's off planet. They're not going to be able to do it. Good luck. Well, I think they're they're trying to also convert us to AI forms of AI. You know, I well, mean, well, yeah, because we can be controlled. It's the same thing where we're machine based in the sense of we're capable of transmitting and receiving and interfacing with machines, and and that it works really well. So yeah, um, the capabilities are there for sure. I think it's just about controlling and manipulating, and then inserting information and deleting information, which I don't like, because then the screen memories, you know, that's for military abductions, but they would take something from you and put a screen memory in. That has no value, but connected to something that would distract you. You know, a lot of the uh, extraterrestrial experiences that people have, in my opinion, with my labs are connected to that. They put in uh-huh. something that's been like a, a psyop where it's not accurate. It distracts them, and then they're taking information. They're extracting data from their target, who probably had a real ET experience, but they'll never remember because the screen memory is running the show, at least for a while. It's really weird how they work. These guys are very, very... Um, I would say they're masters of their craft when it comes to PSYOP. Well, you know, it's really good. When I was reading, um, it was in the book by by the author I told you, um, Guffey. Um, Mm -hmm. He talked about how, yeah, and and, and the book, I'm going to promote it. It's called Cryptoscatology, and it talks about Mm -hmm. all sorts of. uh, conspiracy theories that have been, you know, that have been out there for a very, very long time. And part of what he was talking about was the fact that they were trying to program people so that at some point in time a trigger was sent and they became violent. And he's mm-hmm. basically suggesting that um, Manson had been manipulated that way the the kids who did columbine yeah, had been manipulated that way yeah that 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 a lot of things that have happened within our culture over the last several decades have been um triggered by an electronic message of some sort that triggered something in in these people that made them schizophrenic or mm-hmm. violent or whatever, and and so that so that when you're seeing riots breaking out, or you know, for no cause. I mean, right. do, do you remember San Francisco and again in Chicago, they burned their own town down. You know, mm-hmm. that yeah. takes stupid people. I mean. mm-hmm. Yeah, sleeper cells come to mind. 
sleeper cell activity yeah. and sleeper cell activation. Yeah, absolutely. Signal and, driven and more than some, likely. Yeah. And it's sometimes, you know, it, it it was it was gotten from gosh, I don't know, all of the games that you played and stuff like that, that there was stuff in yeah. some of the, the games that that, that that sort of programmed you because of your focus and concentration. It's 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 mm. like T V. It takes something like 15 seconds before you're in alpha when you're watching a television show. Mm-hmm. And once you're in alpha, um, they, they absolutely, you know, all of the ads and everything, they are, they are sending all sorts of subliminal messages to you. And, you know, that's why I get up and usually go to the bathroom during a commercial because, you know, I don't want to, you know, have to go buy something that I don't need. <laughs> right. Well, input, output, any way you look at it, yeah. Yeah, I I, I do think that people have to be aware that that, um, even in in movies, um, Apple Computer pays to be able to have people use the Apple computers on the screen because if you see it in a movie, you think, you know, maybe that's that's the best one to have because, you know, these people are using it, so therefore I should go get one. and and it's a subliminal thing, and these subliminal messages are just absolutely being bombarding the consciousness of all of us constantly. And mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah, it, it it's sort of like it, 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 we are programmable. I mean, there have been times when I've seen something on on you know some I I don't know I've seen something that I just I had to go out and have an ice cream or I had to go out and find a Big Mac or, you know, and, and, you know, do I, do I always get in the car and go, no, but there are times that I do, you know, Mm -hmm. it just looks so good. And I remember it tasted so good. And then when I actually get it, it was, oh God, why did I, why did I do this? You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. taste as good as I remembered it. (laughs) So I think people should be, should be aware of, of all of the the programming that we're going through, even in a pandemic. I mean, when the pandemic hit, people got uh, confined to their homes. They watched more TV than they ever had before, and they played more video games, and they were on their cell phones more. And it forced us to subject ourselves to the programming that, that, that in many ways is going to impact our lives without our even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, they had time to process a lot of information alone, a lot of isolation. In my opinion, it was very much PSYOP-oriented, psychological imprinting, because people weren't allowed to communicate with each other very much. They were alone. And it just seemed like that um, that's, that's what they do when they try to control and, and mind control people. They isolate you. They keep you away from your relatives and loved ones. They put you in a space of fear and uncertainty, you know, that kind of thing. It seemed like it was taking place, so... Yeah, people really need to pay attention to that, though. There are the antennas. Just, you know, change your change your antenna <laughs> and don't dial into them well, you, or whatever. Yeah, you know, the the isolation isn't all that bad. I mean, I'm a hermit anyhow. Yeah, for some I people it's to... not. But if you're, yeah, if you're an extrovert, though, it, it is hard. For some people who are used to being interactive and getting out and busy, you know, that kind of thing. I, I will admit I haven't been to a restaurant in two years. And, you know, every now and then it would be nice to go out and have some food. But they have you so mm-hmm. frightened now that, you know, oh, my God, you know, somebody in the kitchen could have a cold or or whatever and be breathing on your food. And, you know, it's, it's 
they they make they make us all um, germaphobes. Well, I mean, you know, this is another thing I, I don't get, Barbara. Why isn't it that they're not using frequency medicine, frequency healing? So, even in the theory of a of a virus or a psi virus, you know, we all know about ultraviolet, and it says, or even um, specific frequencies that are used to remove viruses or transmute alchemically. We have frequencies that mm-hmm. can take care of everything. Why they're not using it on a biosphere level is beyond me. But this is what I mean. We have, we have the solution to the equation, yet they're going this route instead of doing something on a more productive scale. So, you know, that's just my take on it. If it were me in control, I would be deploying frequencies. If it were something very, very dangerous out there for people that they shouldn't inhale. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think germ warfare has not worked because it hit the entire planet. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's it's a great weapon if if it's not going to get turned on you. But apparently, <laughs> apparently it turned on everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, China even you know up there, their 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 people can have three children now instead of one. So their population wow. must have been decimated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it, it's, a lot of it's people have transferred like, out. Yeah. No, it just you know you you look at you you look at that, but they, it, it creates fear, and um, you know you see you see yourself hesitating to do things because it's going to be a big crowd, or do I really want to be in a crowd? And you know it's a, it no, does change your behavior. No, mm-hmm. and I never liked know, crowds I, before I, all this. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you I heard now that they have know, these things with needles now, too. They're starting to drug people and prick them in bars and, I guess, at a concert. Uh, be very, very yeah. careful of the people. Yes. Be aware. That concert, that, that concert where the 14 people were killed. One of mm-hmm. the policemen got pricked with something. Um, right. Yeah, that's scary. That's very it's scary. Very, it's, it's really, uh, yeah, unbelievable that this is the day and age we're in. So be very watchful. Everybody, don't let anybody get close to you. Unfortunate, isn't it? You know, as a martial artist, I don't like people closing in on me because I'm kind of trained to counter them, so they should stay away. But for most people, they don't have that kind of situation awareness. You know, they let people get way too close to them. Never want people. Well, I I know, I know people that have canceled plans to travel for Thanksgiving because they don't know if it's going to be a stewardess flying the plane or an actual pilot. I mean, right? Yeah. You know. They're well, they're they're scaring people like crazy. Well, they're also and giving them an ultimatum between mandating the mandating the vaccine. In my opinion, is not a good idea because you're losing a lot of good personnel everywhere. That's causing a big problem. I mean, I, in my opinion, I think you, if you want it, get it. If you don't want it, don't get it. But this whole idea behind mandating and forcing people, uh, not okay. I think that it's it's a, it should be a choice. So I think that's what the problem is too. You're shorthanded, or they're shorthanded. People are resigning in, in droves. I mean, and, and then people don't trust the vaccine. I don't trust the vaccine. And, I don't trust and, anything like that, no. And it's you'd like, you know, I, I did get one shot because I wanted to see my grandchildren. And now I've seen my grandchildren, and they're great, and I love them very much, but there's no way I'll take another shot. I, I figure whatever was in the first shot just hadn't been, fit, you know, hadn't been um, perfected. So maybe, that, so that maybe probably, you got to placebo. That'd be good. 
I it, well, I probably think I did. I may have just gotten the saline and because I didn't have any great. reaction or anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all for it. And yeah. and somebody yeah. said somebody said that my energy probably just burned it up, which which could I be. I think so too. I think psychics can can definitely transmute it. Absolutely, and energy workers, yes. So um, you know, it's kind of like okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, I live in the same town my grandchildren live in, and um, I, you know, if I have to, I'll put a mask on if I have to. But you know, there's no way I'm going to get anything more put in my body. My, my body is no, very happy the way it is. And the and, boosters uh, are like every I, time you turn around, yeah, they want to give everybody an injection every like three months. I'm like, what is this garbage? You know, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh-huh. That's why I say frequency medicine would be fine. And honestly, it, it reminds me of Psy War of the Worlds because if you follow the War of the Worlds, it's always about this virus that eventually kills the extraterrestrial, right? Yeah, so, the cold, um, common cold. Right, but, but think about it. It's like this, the weaponized flu, it's kind of like a common cold that's weaponized, but my, my point is that we are the extraterrestrials. And, and in a sense, uh-huh. we're getting poisoned by a virus or a pseudovirus. I just call it Psy War of the Worlds because that's what rings when it comes down to this whole thing that's been going on for so long. They're dragging it out, and I tell you, I'm very action-oriented. I do not like this. I don't. Uh, I can write, and I can do things on the Internet, but I'm very active. I like to like to train, and I like to, even at my age, I just like to get out and it's just, no, I don't really care for what's happened. Yeah, no, I, I don't either, but, you know, it's it's kind of like I'm so caught up with the radio show that I'm reading a book a week. I'm, you know, I, I've, oh, that's great. My, yeah, my, you're, you're doing a great job. My routine is, is has it's basically the same. I've been retired for a long time, anyhow, so that mm-hmm. you know there was no job that suffered or anything. So, but but you know I, I look at people that you know like my son who's a lawyer and his and and his wife is a lawyer as well, and they have kids in school, and uh, you know it's 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 got mm-hmm. to be difficult for them. Oh sure, yeah. But but uh, you know it's it's kind of it's. Everyone has a cross to bear, so to speak, and you know it depends on how you handle dealing with it. And it, rather than being defeated by it, you know, I, I think it's a it, it makes great sense to, you know, combat it and and uh, make your life better because of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, transmute the scene. I mean, that's what you do. Oh, you talk about alchemy and transmutation, but I think a lot of it has to do with transmuting the timeline and just. Uh, taking everything from a lower to a higher level and do as guided uh-huh. the way it works for you. Not 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 to accommodate everything else that they're trying to create. Do what works for you on the timeline at this point. Yeah, and and you know it's 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 a perfectly wonderful time to, oh gosh, I don't know, go into past lives or do remote viewing or you know mm-hmm. do any number of things that that you know don't don't necessarily sit in front of the uh, the boob tube. Constantly, mm-hmm. um, right. and you know, I stopped watching the news because I got so disgusted by it. <laughs> no, I can't watch it. Yeah, it's too much propaganda that comes down to it and all that regular oh, stuff. Absolutely. And I don't have a television anyway. I just have a computer. So, but you know, we get the sound bites and everything else on here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're, you're you know, and and it's terrible. What what did I find? I found a, a charming. Um, Cartoon for anybody who owns pets. It's called uh, Housebroken. Hmm. Just charming. Um, that it's cute. on YouTube. It is 
darling. It's it's a bunch of dogs and cats that get together and they have um, a therapy session once a week. Oh, how cute! <laughs> I'm gonna have to check it oh, out. I like things like it's yeah, it's on YouTube, and um, it's really it's it's really quite charming. Um, but but you know there there are wonderful things out there, and, and you know. I think it behooves us to find joy and, and find peace and find tranquility in these times, and, and, and you can do it. And it's also a great time to start checking into those things that you've always said you wanted to do but never had the time. Trust me, you got the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm seriously thinking of getting a keyboard and learning how to play the piano. I, I've been saying for years oh, that great. I wanted to learn to play the piano. So... I mean, well, why don't you? learning a foreign, well, I, I figure it's Christmas. I'll let my son give me one. Um, be nice. I play by ear. Yeah, I can I, play keyboard, but I, I'm not trained in that. I'm trained playing the flute, but I, I can play the keyboard. I like it. Wow. Yeah. You probably do too as well because you're psychic, and I don't know if you've had other lifetimes or you're able to access the way I can, but you can probably play. Actually, I, you know, you. I, I swear my hands have played the piano in other lifetimes. Now, I've done mm-hmm. crocheting and needlepoint, and I've done painting, and I've done all sorts of intricate work with my hands, but it feels like I should be playing a piano. You should then, so and the I frequencies think, are probably necessary, so... Vibration. You know, and, and you know, I, I, you know, no recitals or anything. But if I can play some of the Christmas carols, I'll be happy. That'll be fun. We'll definitely get one. Put that out there in the ether for Santa to show up with one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, I, I think you know, I'm grateful to Manly P. Hall for starting us out on all of this. Oh, um, I know. We Me all, too. We all. We always seem to get off topic, but that's say, okay. We talk about 20 minutes, and then we're like, in another universe. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It works fine. <laughs> but we do try. I mean, and, we and do. It, it's a good book, and, you know, it, it's if you use it for nothing other than if you get a hard copy, you can use it for a doorstop. Um, it's a big book, but um, it, it's got great information in it, and it gives you... It gives you a little taste of a lot of things so that you can, um, you know, investigate them further if you want to. And and the mm-hmm. other book I recommend is Cryptoscatology um, mm-hmm. by Robert Guffey. And um, you've got to get it. You've got to get it. Read I'm going to have to read that one. You'll like the other yeah, one. Um, Camellia was really good. So if you read that or you're going to read that, I think you'll enjoy that. That has a lot to do with covert technology and warfare. Yeah. Yeah, but but, oh, yeah. but the 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 crypto scatology is um just a joyful explosion of information. Mhm. And, and yeah, he's it's very the kind of thing. Oh yeah, I'm looking very very much forward to it. and and for those who don't know what crypto scatology is, you know, check it out. I'm not going to tell you, but um <laughs> it is not it's not talking about animals at all. <laughs> So, so we is there a are close. On to Google? Huh? No, I don't think so. I think you. There is. I was gonna say. I think you. Yeah. No, I think you have to break it up and figure it out yourself. But it's a great mm-hmm. title. Um, Patrick it always is. used to say, if he was going to be a, a psychic of any sort, he would be um, a scatologist. 
Hmm. So I'm interested. You know, he he obviously had no desire to do readings, but <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um. Let's let's let everybody know where they can find you. Oh, so they, they can, can find, find me over on, on. Yeah, on you talking ahead. about the radio show Hyperspace. It's at KCOR, twelve midnight Eastern time, nine p.m. Pacific on Friday. Yeah, and then Raven starts Witching Hour on Saturdays, twelve midnight Eastern time, nine p.m. Pacific on FreedomSlips.com Studio A. Then you can find my website Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives. I'm everywhere, um, even over there on the uh, Patreon. So just hunt uh-huh. me down if you need to. And thank who you, you Barbara. Once again, up? I always enjoy this. This has been wonderful. Well, who do you have coming up, like, this next week? Oh, you would ask me, and I can't remember now. Um, I don't know offhand. <laughs> Just look it up. <laughs> uh, i get in there. Sorry, I don't know offhand. That. I know I'm bad, aren't I? But, I don't have that in front of me. Yeah. Somebody good. <laughs> I'm well, sure Well, I could find are. it if you want to talk, but I know you're going to – normally no, no, I do now, and I – well, that's okay. Then, that's okay. then Solaris has has um, a surprise guest on for Friday and Saturday. That's right, mystery guest. And, and everybody <laughs> should join her to see who the heck she's going to be talking to, that's and right. you know, well, be, be as amazed <laughs> as she is. <laughs> I'm telling you, I must be getting old. <laughs> and, I have everything on a fight. schedule. I just don't have it in front of me. So I know that. I know that. And and we will be here um, the last Sunday of the month, and we're going to be talking about um, the mysteries of the apocalypse, which should be That'll fascinating. Be yeah. Mm-hmm. And timely. Yes, yeah, so we will do our homework. You do yours, and um, see if we can't uh, figure out just exactly what's going to happen before we get off topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but thank you fun. so much for for being with me tonight, and and we will um, pick this up again uh, in a couple of weeks because it's not that far My to pleasure. the end of the month. Well, thank oh, you, Barbara. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And good night. Right. Good night good now. Night. And everybody, please turn. Uh, make sure you check this out on YouTube, and if you enjoy what you see and hear, of course. Um, Please uh, subscribe or follow to the show. Follow the show on YouTube, because that's how we know you're listening, and that's how you that's how you let us know whether you like what we're doing or not. So, looking forward to talking to you all again. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.